You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, church. Welcome. Nice to have you with us this morning. And uh, it's a huge privilege for me to be able to be where you are. And uh, week two in lockdown for us here in Auckland. And, uh, and for those who are further afield, uh, really exciting that we get to spend some time together today, which is just awesome. Now, before we get into the message today, I just want to give you an update on something special that's coming up, which is our Vietnam missions offering coming up in September. Now, this is going to be really special. We've been involved with Vietnam now for many years. And, um, and uh, you know, since lockdown, Vietnam have actually been in lockdown since May. I mean, think about that for a moment. Thousands, apparently, of new cases every day. Boy, it's a tough, tough place. And, and we work with this absolutely amazing young couple who are doing a great work there. They oversee 70 churches. And we've been kind of partnering with them in this communist country prior to COVID, doing pastors' conferences each year, women's conferences. We even did uh, a big youth conference that um, Pastor Adam and Pastor Darcy did. I think they had like 150 or 160 Vietnamese young people come out, hear the gospel, and be challenged to a life of leadership and service. It's just amazing. Now, these 70 churches that we are involved with, they're mainly rural churches, right? Um, they face uh, persecution from police and others. Uh, and obviously, they're under huge pressure in the current situation with COVID. They um, can't work. They can't travel to markets. Uh, and our partners have told us that most of them are living at subsistence level, mostly off a diet of bamboo shoots, which they collect and then make into a soup. And uh, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine how tough that is. Meetings are held in pastors or leaders' houses. Travel is by motorbike and preaching is done in whatever the local tribal dialect is. And here's what we want to do after talking with our partners, Pastor Bob and Maggie, been talking with uh, this couple in Vietnam just in the last week or so, really finding out what their needs are. Here's what we want to do for our next mission offering. We want to put in four wells. There are four villages that we are connected with that don't have fresh water. And that is a huge issue. So we can put in four wells for $12,000. That'll supply each of these villages, which are of about kind of 15 families with clean water and be a huge blessing and a huge statement of God's love for them. We also want to buy 14 motorcycles. Uh, Most of these guys travel by motorcycle through uh, through the bush and through jungle and, and um, half of these motorbikes are held together with you know chewing gum and sticky tape and we want to be able to start changing that. So we can buy 14 motorcycles for a total of about $20,000 uh, which our partners on the ground will get to the most needy pastors. On top of that we want to provide some COVID food relief. So we want to provide 50 food packages for about $10,000. Now um, this isn't just for the pastor's family. Uh, we're talking about a food package here which will provide enough rice and vegetables so that the pastor can then go and supply the people in their village, which is awesome. And then lastly, we want to buy 500 Bibles from the Bible Society in the related tribal dialects. Uh, Bibles, as we know, are relatively cheap, but Bibles in some of these dialects are expensive. And uh, we can do this for them, and we can get Bibles into these pastors' hands uh, to get them into the hands of of their believers in their villages. I think this is a really exciting project. Uh, you know, some of us are going to be fired up about uh, putting some money into motorcycles. Some of us are going to be fired up about getting Bibles 
into the hands of believers out in the middle of the bush in Vietnam. Some of us are going to be excited about putting wells down. We've got great, great ideas here. So uh, keep it in mind. Please be praying about it because mission offering is coming up. I think it's the second Sunday in September. There will be more information coming out, but let's be asking God what he would have us do to be a part of this exciting work this year. Amen. So good. Well, we're going to get now into the last message in our outpouring series. And uh, what we're going to be talking about today is being topped up to the top. That's, uh, that's the title we're working with today, the key idea, being topped up to the top. And we've been talking about the baptism of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit, and the wind of the Spirit and the fire of the Spirit, and of course, the presence of the Spirit. You know, when, when God manifests Himself and we physically get the sense and the knowledge that God is near us. Now, when I was a young Christian, I have such fond memories of um, you know gathering with a few mates wherever we were, be it in someone's flat or on the grass down at the gardens, and someone would pull out a guitar and we'd start worshiping God, and just that, just that nearness of God would come. I mean, it was so impacting, right? It just, it just reminded you you weren't alone. It somehow fed into the deepest part of your soul. It was something pretty special. And, and I had friends, and, and it was the same for me, who had often a favorite album, you know, or a favorite song. You just, every time you hit that, it's like, wow, God was just, he would manifest himself right there. Maybe you've got a favorite album or a favorite song for you that you know when you hit that space, when you start worshiping and that God just turns up. It's a pretty powerful thing, right? But I think that sometimes in our walk with God, I think sometimes we forget how to be filled, right? We get more competent in life. We get more successful. Uh, we're able to work things out on our own. And then what happens is that when challenges come, and instead of sometimes going to the Holy Spirit and being filled by His presence and filled with faith and courage again, I think we sometimes just work harder. We just try and find the solutions ourselves. We try and fix things on our own. The problem is, is that if and when that doesn't work, we can find ourselves drifting back to Old sources of comfort, uh, as one counselor I used to know said. Maybe we find the alcohol going up a little bit, eating rubbish food, sleeping too much, burying ourselves in work. Or maybe for some of us, it's finding ourselves back in old battles that we thought we'd won. Pornography, engaging in relationships you know aren't right, uh, just doing some very unwise spending of money. And, and the real problem, right, is that we become stale and then we drift from the spring, the source, the well, we, we drift from God, from that Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, we want to be filled with the Spirit, right? And I know for myself, when I face those challenges and those difficulties, when I face a little bit of emptiness or difficulty, I think back to the times when I've been so filled with God and I wonder, how do I get back to that place again? I really believe we need God's answers to dealing with the worries of life, the stresses of life, the disappointments of life, some of the confusing, challenging things, the big questions that we're all facing, particularly in a time and a season like this. So what does the world do? You know, you walk through any city, almost any neighborhood on a Friday or Saturday night. Okay, maybe not now or not during COVID lockdown, but ordinarily. And you can get a pretty good picture of what the person in the world does when they're bored, when they're hurting, when they're disillusioned, right? Number one, they go and distract themselves. Gosh, this has got to be the most distracted generation ever, right? 
social media, Netflix, streaming TV, gaming, all this stuff, it's just there. And we so quickly go to those places to distract ourselves from the the emptiness that sometimes we struggle with, the stuff that's missing. It feels like we're a little bit down, a little bit sad, a little bit angry, a little bit whatever it is. Boy, this is what the world does. They distract themselves. Secondly, they medicate themselves, right? Alcohol, food, drugs, other things to try and take the edge off so that we are not so disturbed by some of the things that we feel going on inside us. And then thirdly, the world will compensate by trying to fill themselves with excitement or fill their world with possessions or fill the, their sense of importance with status or money or those sorts of things. But the problem is distraction, medication, compensation, what do these things lead to? Let's go to God's amazing, extraordinary word, and I think we're going to learn some things today. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 5, 18 to 20 uh, in the NRSV, and I just need to do a quick shout out to the City family. Uh, I shared some of these thoughts probably about a year ago, and so uh, for some of you, you may have heard some of these things, but I think that they're just great ideas for us to revisit again. Here's what Paul writes in Ephesians 5. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to God in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God bless your word to us today, we pray. Well, let me just go through some interesting things that jump out to me from this passage of Scripture today. Firstly, Drunkenness is a characteristic of unsavedness or being unsaved. Listen to this. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Now, what's interesting is that word debauchery, the Greek word is asotia. Sotia means salvation. In the same way that amoral uh, means to be without morals. So asotia means to be without salvation. Now, I think this is important, right? Drunkenness, this way of medicating yourself against the difficulties of life or dealing with uh, the lack of joy in your life so it just frees you up, gives you, uh, gets rid of your inhibitions so you can have a bit more fun. The problem is, is that this is a choice that unsaved people make. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying this is what they do because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not talking about having a glass of wine or having a beer. We're talking about drinking to excess, to that place where your inhibitions are gone, where you're losing control, when you're compensating for something. It's like Paul is saying, you know, getting drunk is a way of coping that we who have the Holy Spirit, we don't need. We don't do that. And the fear is that actually, you know what, if drunkenness leads to unsavedness, then it's certainly something we need to take note of and avoid in our lives. The second thought from this passage is this is that filled up, like when it says be filled with the Spirit, the Greek is really cool. The Greek is pleirous. It means to be topped up, but not just to be topped up. It means to be topped up to the top. You know when, when you go and you offer, hey, buddy, can I top up your drink? You know, like you've got visitors around and someone's got a Coke and it's getting down. Hey, can I top up your Coke? We, we top it up about two-thirds or three-quarters, right? That's not what this means. This means to be topped up to the brim, topped up to the fullness of what that vessel can hold. And the verb is present, 
passive imperative plural. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. This is what we do, and we top it up to the top. Man, I love that idea. This idea of being filled means that when we're getting a little bit down, we don't just get a little bit more. We don't just get another a little injection, but actually it's about being topped up to the very top. I love that idea. I think that's very helpful for us. And then the third thought from this passage is this, is that you've got to know when you need to be filled up. Don't just be topped up when you come to church on a Sunday. We need to know when we need to be topped up. And then we need to be able to go to the Holy Spirit and, and get that from Him. You know, contrast provides context, right? Paul gives us this great contrast. He says, don't be drunk, but be filled. He contrasts the two. And the contrast gives us the context for our application, right? Because when you feel the need to be drunk, when you get to that place, that's actually when you don't need to be drunk. That's actually when you need to be filled. When do people get drunk? They get drunk when they're down, when they're bored, when they're hurting, when they're lonely, when they're worried. So likewise, when do we need to be topped up? When we're down, when we're bored, when we're hurting, when we're lonely, when we are worried. That is when it's time for a top up. You know, the devil's desire for you is uh, he wants you to give up your salvation. He wants you to forget all the good things that God has given you and to move into habits and ways that ultimately will lead you to disconnection with God. He wants to complicate your problems. He wants you to be your weakest self. But that's not what God wants. What God wants is for you to be saved and deeply connected with Him on a very real day-to-day basis. He wants to simplify our problems. He wants to bring breakthrough in our lives, which is something that we're really strong on in Elam, right? And He wants you to be your strongest self full of joy and purpose. And so when it comes to being topped up to the top, I love that idea. The big question, right, is how? Like, how do we get filled again when we're feeling a little empty, feeling a little depleted, feeling a little bit down, a little bit dry? Let's go back to the scripture and see what we can learn. This is what it says. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit as you Sing. Now, now, it's like, hold on, it can't be that simple, surely, right? It can't be that simple. Be filled with the Spirit as you sing. But there it is. Here's the big how today. The Holy Spirit tops you up while you worship. Let me illustrate. There's a business out there you may have heard of called Oil Changes. And they specialize in when your car needs to get its oil changed or needs a service, you go into oil changes and they will change your oil filter. They'll drain out all your old oil. They'll top you up with beautiful new oil. And, and their catchphrase, their key selling point is this, is that they do it while you wait. So you take your car in there, you hand over the keys. You don't even see where it goes, uh, but you go into the waiting room. The waiting room is a room that's specifically designed for waiting. Yes, it is. They have coffee in there. They have magazines that you can sit and read. There's a newspaper. And the idea is, is that you don't even need to know where your car's gone. You don't need to pop the bonnet for them. You don't need to drain the oil out. You don't have to do anything. But here's the thing. While you wait, they will fill your car with fresh oil. And here's the thought today. While we worship, the Holy Spirit fills us again. He tops us up to the top with His Spirit. Now, now this was a complete revelation to me, right? Because I was never quite sure um, 
when I was filled with the Spirit, when I'm feeling a little bit down, what do I do with that? How does that work? What does that mean? What does that look like? Now, I wasn't sure if I had to ask for it, if I had to ask and believe, or if I had to get someone to lay hands on me. I mean, when I was baptized in the Spirit way back in the day, I did all three because I really wanted to make sure this happened. So I was, you know, prayed at home in my room and then I went to church and I'm asking God in the service and I'm just believing that I've received it and then I'm getting people to lay hands on me like I really wanted it, you know. Uh, for good measure, I, had, I just did everything. But here's the great truth today. Once you have received the Holy Spirit and be filled, turns out that we get topped up to the top while we worship God. Now, here's the really important thing. We then need to be very clear on what we mean by worship or else we'll be disappointed. We won't be filled because, you see, worship is not singing worship songs. Worship is not listening to worship songs or worship music. Worship is not being in a worship service. Those things won't fill you with the Spirit. What does the Scripture say? Paul says, sing Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, uh, or the Greek can also be interpreted, interpreted um, sing them to yourself. Uh, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God. Now, let me summarize it by saying this. Worship happens when you mean what you sing. Let me unpack that. Which means... Worship happens when you engage in singing that like declares the truth, like you really believe it, that comes from the heart, from a place of, of honesty and vulnerability and bravery. And, and thirdly, when it is singing that is directed personally to God, like singing to God. And it can happen in a church and it can happen in a worship service. And it can happen when you're listening to, to uh, you know, your favorite Spotify playlist in your car and it can happen in the shower However, it can just as equally not happen in those places because it's dependent on your posture, for want of a better word, in each of those. Let me just unpack this a little bit. You see, it's dependent upon your spiritual posture. And your spiritual posture has to come from a place of faith. Will you believe that what you are singing is true? Here's what he says. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual selves among yourselves or to yourself, there's like a declarative nature to this. You've got to be able to speak these things out as if they're true. You've got to make a decision. Yes, I believe this is true. Yes, I believe this is, this is right. And when you sing it, you've got to sing it from faith. You've got to have that spiritual posture of faith. That's the first thing. The second thing is you've got to come from an emotional posture where you sing it from your heart, from a real emotional, honest place. Paul says, singing and making melody to the Lord in, in your hearts. There's this heart engagement we're talking about, an emotional place, a vulnerability. You know, the reality is for every one of us, no matter what's going on in our world, we've got stuff going on inside of us. And true worship is when you allow those feelings to rise up. You allow them to come out, whether, it's, whether you're stoked, whether it's just delight and gratitude to God or whether you're struggling and whether you're angry and you're upset or whether you're hurting and you're traumatized, but in your worship, allowing that to come out from your heart to the Lord, being brave, that is what God wants most. You know, there are two sorts of people that have always inspired me. Let me just give you these. The first, first sort of person that, that has always inspired me is this. 
It's when I see people who are a little bit overweight and they're either out running or they're at the gym. Totally inspires me. Why? Because that is hard. That is brave. When you, you know you're not in the best place, but you're so committed to the process, you're going to go out there and you're going to run anyway, no matter who sees or what that's like. Honestly, I see those people and I just want to go and give them a medal, which I wouldn't do because that would be weird. But, uh, you know, like, seriously, that sort of bravery, that sort of vulnerability totally inspires me. The other sort of person that totally inspires me, people who cannot sing for love or money but they are singing from the bottom of their soul. You know, like they are just going for it. And uh, it may not be pleasant to my ears, but I tell you, those people, they inspire me because that kind of bravery and courage, man, that is true worship. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're sitting next to someone who's like that right now. Man, just you know, slap them. Say, hey, good on you. And, um, you know, if someone just slapped you and said good on you, well... Maybe, maybe you learned something today. That's, that's awesome. But we've got to come from these three places if we're truly going to learn what worship is all about. When we sing in a way that declares, that has made the decision that what I'm singing is true and real, and I'm just going to declare it out. Secondly, when it comes from the heart, a place of honesty and emotion and vulnerability. And thirdly, when it is directed personally to God. We've, we've got to do this, this third part. We've got to have a posture a relational posture, when we're not just singing songs like we might be singing some rock song off the, off the radio, but we've actually got to sing to God. We've got to find a way to see God, to connect with God, like, God, I'm singing this to you, Lord. You know, the scripture says, Paul says, singing and making melody to the Lord, like person, personally, directly to the Lord. He says it twice, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything. We've got to sing out knowing that God is listening and loving it and that He is enjoying it. That is so important. That is worship. And when you do that, that is when the Spirit tops you up to the top. Now, someone's going to say to me, but Mike, aren't I already filled with the Spirit? You know, I was baptized in the Spirit 20 years ago or 10 years ago or last Sunday or whatever it was. I already have the Holy Spirit in me. How can I need topping up? And, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's a great question, a great call. But I think the reality is, if we're honest, we know that we all can get a bit spiritually depleted, right? Like I can have the Holy Spirit in me, but I cannot be full of that awareness of His presence. He can be fully present in my spirit, but I can be lacking His presence in my emotions and in my physicality, that's when I believe we need to top up. And I think that sometimes we get a bit stuck too because we think that we get topped up from the outside like it's an external thing, like, you know, those songs about, you know, Holy Spirit rain on me and some of those sorts of things. I think that we can, we can get this picture that the way God tops us up or fills us up is from the outside in. But you know what? I'm just not sure if that's biblical. When I hear Jesus talking about this well, this the spring inside of us that will well up to eternal life, this, this picture of the Holy Spirit, I suspect that the Holy Spirit actually fills us up from the inside. It's like within us, when we're in that place of worship, He begins to release more of His flow, more of His presence, more of His power from the inside of us that tops us up. Let me illustrate. 
Uh, we've got great friends of ours. They're actually pastors now, but they used to be dairy farmers many years ago. And uh, when we got sick of the city, we'd go and hang out in the farm for a weekend. And when they got sick of the farm, they'd come and hang out with us in the city. And, uh, and it was just great. Boy, and I, I loved going milking. You know, up at four o'clock, big breakfast, uh, get all kitted up out there on the four-wheel drive motorbikes, out bringing the cows in. And then in the shed, getting the cups on. And man, it was just, it was just a great experience that, that I really treasured. But for any of you who know anything about dairy farming, you know that cows drink a lot of water. And so in paddocks, they have these big, huge concrete troughs that are full of water. And the way it works is as the cows drink from that, as the water level decreases, they have a float lever that begins to drop. And when it gets pressed down far enough, a valve opens inside the tank and water pours into the tank from the inside. And the water level comes up, and when that trough is topped up to the top, the float lever closes the valve and it stops. Can I suggest it's the same with the spirit? When our levels get too low, when life presses us down too much, then when we begin to sing and worship, it's like the Holy Spirit opens up inside of us and life pours into us from the inside, and we are topped up to the top. You know, I have such a fond memory of being a new Christian. Uh, I must have been like a week saved, maybe. Maybe a week saved, a couple of weeks. And I got an album from a guy called Guy Wishart back in the day. Some of you may have heard of him. And I so clearly remember being at my flat late one night. All my flatties were out working or whatever. I had this album cranked up on the stereo, and I'm literally like a crazy man. I'm 22 years old. I'm jumping around, jumping off our furniture, just yelling out to God, uh, so caught up in worship. It wasn't even a worship album, right? But as I did that, man, I still remember the incredible feeling of God's presence, the incredible sense of being filled to bursting. I love that. How did it happen? It happened while I worshipped. So let me ask you, do you need to be topped up this morning? Would you like to be topped up? And I think, I think all of us need to be topped up regularly. Our levels can get a little low. We can find ourselves a little pressed down by life. And the spirit, we've got to be reminded, has a never-ending flow available there. And how does it happen? It happens while we worship. And, and what, does it, what does it do? Look, as we come to a close this morning, what does it do? How do, what's the result of this? Well, let me give you another biblical word for result that Pastor Steve talked about last week. Fruit. Like fruit is the result of a tree doing everything a tree's meant to do, right? And so it is with the things of the Spirit. There, there are results. There are fruit. You see, when we're topped up to the top, love, we will have more love for people. We'll be more loving and we'll find it comes to us more easily. Joy, we'll have more actual enjoyment. We'll enjoy life more. We'll smile more. We'll be able to enjoy life with others more and bring joy to others more. Peace, we'll be more at peace. We'll be better peacemakers. We'll have a greater sense of peace when there are times of turmoil, right? Like right now with COVID. Patience, we'll have more patience. We'll be more long-suffering. We'll be able to hang in there longer with grace. Kindness, you'll have more kindness. You'll be able to see the struggle in others more easily and be able to be there for them. Goodness, you'll be more able to do the right thing, to see the right thing, and to do it with courage regardless of the consequences. Faithfulness, you'll be more able to be faithful, faithful to God, faithful to those you love. You'll be more faithful to yourself. Gentleness, you'll be more gentle. You'll be able to keep your strength under control, to channel it 
more effectively to help others, stand up for others, carry others, and self-control. You'll be more empowered to be disciplined, to do the habits that you know are essential to be the man or woman that God has called you to be. That is what happens when you are filled with the Spirit, when you are topped up to the top. And that's why the Holy Spirit opens up inside of us when we are in worship. Anyone want to worship this morning? Come on. Here's what we're going to do. I want us to just take a moment. And wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, whatever part or place of the house, would you just close your eyes with me just for a moment? Come on, let's just lift our minds towards the Lord. Eh? Let's just begin to express either silently or in words just how grateful you are to Him, how good He is, how He's provided for you, a roof over your head, uh, internet, hallelujah, food in the fridge, a great church to be a part of. Man, can you just begin to just, just recognize that He is for you and not against you, that in all things He is at work on, on your behalf? Can you, can you see that? Can you declare that this morning? Can you, can you thank Him this morning? Can you express your feelings and your heart towards Him this morning? Come on, why don't we do that? Look, and as we do that, I, I just want to say finally that if you don't know Jesus this morning, I mean, we're talking about knowing the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, but maybe you don't even know Jesus. You've never taken that step of receiving Him into your life as God and Savior, putting your faith in Him. I want to talk to you for a moment. Or maybe actually you have, but if you're honest, you've drifted. Actually, there's a bit of distance now between you and God. Maybe this morning is the morning to come back to God. Maybe this service is your moment. You know, in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. I, I love that, right? It says, it doesn't say God so loved the Christians. It says God so loved the world. That means that He loves you. But the Bible also says in Romans chapter 3 that for all of us, you, me, all of us have sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory, of God's standard. And it's our sin that keeps us separated from knowing God and experiencing His love and His plan. And that's why Jesus Christ came, the way, the truth, and the life. Died on a Roman cross 2,000 years ago in our place. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died. His suffering on that cross was specifically to pay for your and my sin so that through faith in Him, God might forgive us, that the payment has been made. You know, in the book of John chapter 1, it says, that to all those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Is that you this morning? Do you need to make your peace with God now? Uh, I'd love to invite you to pray this prayer with me, just wherever you are, uh, in your heart, at whatever you want. But let me lead you in this. If you know you need to get right with God this morning. Come on, here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. And that my sin separates me from knowing you and experiencing your plan for my life. But Jesus, I believe you died on that cross for me. And so God, I ask you because of what Jesus did, I ask you to forgive me my sins right now. Wash me clean. Make me new. Jesus, thank you for dying for me and being raised again from the dead to new life, God, and doing so, offering me new life. Jesus, I receive you now as God and Savior, and I commit my life into your hands from this day forward.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, look, if you uh, prayed that prayer this morning with me, if you prayed that from your heart to God, if you prayed it for the first time or if you prayed it, I don't care how many times, but if you made a fresh commitment to God today as a result of what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you, we would so love you just to uh, click on the chat on the screen. There's a little button that says, I commit my life to Jesus. As a team, we would love to know that God touched your heart today. It would mean the world to us and we'd love to be able to pray for you and uh, just that God will continue to bless you in the journey that is ahead of you. Well, it's been great. I hope God spoke to you this morning. Hand me back now to Pastor Steve. God bless you guys. Uh, Until next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.